0: all right welcome back to the friday live podcast i hope everybody's doing well today i've got my coffee and we are ready to dig in you'll notice i am i am all alone today and uh tim's uh doing some work today and so i'll be flying solo good to have you back with us on our friday live if you're out there and you're watching um go ahead and give us a thumbs up like if you're on youtube be sure to uh, like the page uh, subscribe. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, and let us know you're out there in the comments. Um, we really like to, to know, uh, who's out there, who's watching or listening. I'll try to keep uh, track of, uh, if you've got comments or questions and try to give you a shout out and let you know, um, that we notice before we jump in, we're going to be in Romans six. If you got a Bible handy and you want to follow along, um, do that, grab that right now, Romans 6. Uh, before we get into that uh, and start talking about Romans 6, um, hello, Lauren. Nice to have you with us. Um, I wanted to just take a, a moment, pause, and remind us all to, to really be in prayer. We need to be in a season of prayer right now. I was talking with a guy this morning. Um, there's a lot going on. I mean, COVID-19 is surging and uh, the Delta variant, whatever you call it, and People are just being are really sick. Uh, we've got some folks in our church that are really sick um, that we've been praying for this morning. Um, and there's uh, there's some more prayer time coming today. there's another one actually coming at church tonight where we're going to gather and uh, and pray for the for the sick of our community. Um, we need to be praying for the not just the the folks in Afghanistan um, but the underground church in Afghanistan, the underground church everywhere. Um, we've got some ministry partners um, that have a window into that world and into what's going on in the underground church, a couple actually, uh, like some missionaries that we, we know. And it, it's a very real thing. Um, the freedom to worship and the freedom of religion that we experience here in the, uh, uh, United States of America, um, is not the norm. And so we need to be remembering, you know, those out there that are struggling, um, and, and to do that in prayer. Um, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna pray here in just a second. If you want to, uh, join us in, 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 with that here in just a minute, you can, you can do that. Um, on the announcement side, I got a couple of things that, um, I'm trying to monitor all my feeds as well. Um, <laughs> I just got a notification on my other Facebook feed. I'm trying to monitor that, host the show. Um, it was from Sean. If you don't have the Crucibles Fire app, um you need to go ahead and go to the either the app store, or the Google Play Store, and download the Crucibles Fire app. Just do a Google search or a, do Google search. Do a search for the Crucibles Fire. Um, pull that app down. You can actually watch this live broadcast in the in the app. Um, we're just sending out a, a notification here just a moment ago that we're going live and uh, to help people to get in, in contact with us and help you stay up on what's going on. Um, if you, you'd like to have a t-shirt, you know, or something like that, or a coffee cup to, to just help us get the word out of what we're doing in and, uh, and our ministry, you can head on over to the, you can go in the app and, and there's, a, there's a store, a merchandise page. Um, we, don't, we don't really, I think we make a dollar or two off of each thing, but it just really just helps us to get the word out for the ministry um, because we're just trying to make connections. And that's one of the things I think that we do and we do well is we make connections between other ministries and other people that are doing things, other churches. Um, the, you know, we are one body of Christ and trying to work together um, to spread the gospel and bring honor and glory to Christ. And so uh, go do that. The last thing I want to talk about this morning, uh, this morning, this afternoon, um, is a new project that we've got coming up. And it's um, we've entitled it The Berea Project. If you go into the scriptures and Acts, um, it talks about the Bereans, the Bereans, however you pronounce it. Uh, I like to say Berean. Um, but it says they were more noble than the others because they searched the Scriptures diligently. And um, they they went in, they listened to what Paul was saying, they listened to what others were saying, and they would go in and dig into the Scriptures for themselves to see if it was true. And so we titled this project, The Berea Project. And what it is is an extension of the pastoral training that we did in Mexico. Some of you will remember that we went into Mexico back in June And we were able to train and equip uh, 26 pastors, local pastors there in Mexico, um, on how to study the Bible deeper, um, how to get into some of the original languages. And because of lack of resources and availability, we were able to provide them with a Strong's Concordance, a Vines Dictionary, um, and a study Bible. Um, But we learned something while we were down there. And what we learned was that they actually did have some electronic devices, smartphones and things like that, But the problem that we ran into or that they run into is connectivity. Man, we don't even think about that in the United States. We've got connection everywhere. I mean, we got kindergartners running around with iPhone 12 pluses and stuff, you know, on full-time internet, which I don't understand. That's a different topic for a different day. But we can't even fathom, you know, living in a disconnected world. Um, and they do have internet access, Um, it's not reliable, it's kind of expensive and prepay, or they can go into places and get some, but when they get back out into the ajitos, um, they they don't have it. And so what we've been working on diligently over the last several weeks, it's really starting to come together, is developing um, a partnership. And we've partnered with the Olive Tree Bible app. If you're not a user of the Olive Tree Bible app, You need to check it out. Um, Those guys have been great to us. And I just want to tell you, um, I am a 20-something year Logos Bible uh, software user. Um, I I have a a big library. I use it all the time, and it's great for what it does. Um, Their mobile app is is really pretty good as well. But here's the problem we run into. Um, There's nobody in the major market for Bible study apps that work fully offline. You can download your resources, but to do searching and linking, everyone needs um, a internet connection, with the exception of the Olive Tree Bible app. They were the only ones on the market that we could find, including Blue Letter Bible, Logos, Esword. We went through a, a bunch of them. They actually will work offline 100%. And so, what we've done is we've formed a partnership with the Olive Tree Bible app, and they are giving us a super, super great rate. Um, on the Strong or the actually the Spanish uh Reign of Valera Bible 1960 version linked with Strong's numbers and the Vine's expository dictionary. Um, and we've reduced our cost of these materials from about 120 to $130 per pastor to around $40 per pastor. And uh, I mean, that's a third And so, and not only that, but we've been able, we will be able to to distribute them digitally without going down into Mexico, without uh, you know messing with the cartel. Though we will plan to do that some in the future as well, we'll be able to exponentially um, send these things out and equip. We're also simultaneously working on developing a content delivery system for the Crucibles Fire. And what I mean by that is it will also be an app. It may or may not take the place of the one that's out on the marketplace right now, but it will have a lot of those same functionalities. But we're going to put all of our how to study the Bible training in video format, how to use the Olive Tree Bible app in video format. And we're going to uh, jump out and start distributing these with the training of how to use the materials, how to study their Bible deeper, doing verb tenses, word studies, and train some of these pastors. We have between 75 and hundred pastors right now waiting for us to get the the funds together and get this rolling or make a trip down to do the training. And so we're about to kick off the Berea project. That's gonna focus on putting these resources in the hands of Mexican pastors. um, And also uh, potentially even, you know, buying small uh, like Android tablets to put the apps on so that they have a one-stop shop. They can go get our training. Um, they can go to the olive tree app and get the resources they can communicate with us via our app and uh, uh with questions and study questions and things like that we've also got some translation we're working through in there so that we can communicate effectively i tell you all that simply to say that's a big project that's coming for the crucibles fire we're hoping to roll this out before the end of the year Um, the partnership with Olive Tree is already done. We're ready to go. So be watching your app, be watching the website, be watching Facebook for more announcements about that. Um, so that's all we know we want to, we want to take care of right now. I want to jump into, we're actually in Romans 6. Hey, Rod Hoffpower. Guys, if y'all want to know a great guy in this world, you need to go learn or go get to know Rod Hoffpower. He is an incredible dude. Um, Romans chapter 6, we actually, I, I'm, I'm speeding through some of Romans chapter 5 um, because I just kind of wanted to get to Romans 6. Not that I think Romans 5 is worth skipping. Um, but the end of Romans 5, as we, we look into it, and Rod, you're right, it is a great chapter. Um, I want to summarize maybe the last, you know, from verse 12 down to the end of the chapter of Romans chapter 5. And what Romans chapter 5 tells us in, in really simple terms is that Adam sinned and therefore everybody was, was born under sin. The, the sin, the trespass was passed along to everyone, every single human being. We know this also from Romans chapter 3. There's none righteous, no, not one. We've all sinned, the Bible says, and come short of the glory of God. We know these things to be true. That everybody um, that is conceived... The Bible says we were conceived in sin, um, and so that's our state. It's not like we, we're conceived, we're babies, we're born, we do good for a little while, and then all of a sudden we start sinning. Um, I heard a guy say one time, he said, if you think that children aren't sinful when they're born, then you've never been around children. Maybe that's a little harsh, but um, I even heard another pastor say one time that babies, you know, the Scripture's talk about, you know, come from the, from the womb, breathing lies, and... And I you know, I'm like, well, what's an example of that? And if you've been ever been around a child that they'll scream and cry and like they're dying, but all they really want is for you to pick them up or to give them some food. And that's their only way of communication. I get that. But if you've ever been around a really spoiled child, you'll know that they'll scream like something's wrong, but it's not really anything wrong. They're just not getting their way. And so um, you can look into the human experience and see that that sin, Is universal there's not a one of us that gets away from it but then it goes on to talk about how much you know if if one man brings the sin then by one man Jesus Christ through his death and his righteousness comes life and it's a it's a juxtaposition of we got one guy who brought death to everyone through disobedience and then you've got one man Christ Jesus the God man who brings life to everyone by his obedience And so that's the context of when we jump into Romans chapter 6. And that's kind of where he leaves off. And if you you want to join me in your reading, if you want to read along with me, um, in verse 21, as we end up chapter 5, he says, Just as sin reigned in death, so also grace will reign through righteousness, resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's the grace that reigns through life that brings eternal life. And we know from John eternal life is knowing God. It, now, there's a side benefit to that that you know people think eternal life means that I'm going to live forever. Um, kind of. But really, I mean, we're already created eternal beings. It's just a matter of where we'll spend that eternity and how. And so it's not that we have life that doesn't end all of a sudden. It's the kind of life that we have. And because we we are eternal beings. you know Ecclesiastes three eleven, as we said a couple of weeks ago, the eternity is put in the heart of man. We are created eternal beings, and we do exist forever. Not this body doesn't, but our souls do. And, um, you know, the the, soul, the body is mortal, and it will it'll end. But it, it, we get in here, and so eternal life really can be defined as how we spend, and that is with the Lord, in his presence, and uh, all of those sorts of things. And so then he says, in response to the fact that, One man, death came, by another, through righteousness and obedience, life comes. And he says, because there was, in verse 21, just as sin reigned in death, so grace will reign through righteousness. What should we say then, uh, chapter 6, verse 1? Should we continue in sin that grace may multiply? Absolutely not. I love the, I think it's King James says, God forbid. And then he says, how can we who died to sin still live in it. Um, what I wanted to really kind of pull out of these first couple of verses in here was simple. There actually is a school of thought. I've, I've actually heard it articulated from time to time that um, to really understand God's grace, some people believe we've got to go out and experience all of the sin that we possibly can. Um, That is not the truth, and that is not the case according to Romans chapter 6. It's actually a lie from the devil. He says, real plainly, should we then, uh, uh, should we continue in sin so that the grace can multiply? And he says, God forbid, no, may it never be. You know, this is not what we want to do. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Now, that actually raises a question for me. What in the world does it mean to die to sin. Because here's what I like to do when I'm teaching. We have these phrases that we like to use all the time. We use them in the church and we kind of think we know what they mean and we spit them out and that's not bad, it's not wrong. But I want us to pause and pull back and go, but yeah, but what does this phrase actually mean? What does it mean to die to my sin and what does it mean to continue to walk in my sin, to continue to live in it? Well, he he goes into it, he says in verse 3, or are you unaware that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. That's another one of those phrases where I, I don't know that any of us are using the phrases, you know, baptized into life or baptized into death or baptized into anything outside of the church function uh, very often. Hi, Gail. Uh, hi, Carl. Glad to have you all with us. And so what does it mean then for us if, if we've died to sin and we've been baptized into Christ— uh, and baptized into his death. What does that mean? Uh, well, let's just keep reading, then we'll come back. He says, therefore, we were buried with him by baptism into death. And if you've ever watched a baptism by immersion, we even the pastors will sometimes say, buried in the likeness of his death. And then it says, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too may walk in newness of life. And we'll bring them up out of the water, and you may you tell them, you can walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in the likeness of his death, we will certainly also be in the likeness of his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him. Now, crucified is a symbol and a tone or a, a way of speaking of death. It's, it's over. It's gone. It's past, and it's in the past. So the old self is crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be rendered powerless so that we may no longer be enslaved to sin since a person who has died is freed from sin. If someone passes away, uh, the Bible says they're freed from sin, meaning they're not sinning anymore because they're dead, okay? And that's not complicated theology, that's just life. Um, But this idea of dying to sin, uh, Galatians tells us that If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. He's brand new. Old things are passed away. All things become new. And yet we also see in Scripture that God has put this promise that he gave us in these jars of clay, these cracked vessels. That's our flesh, our body. Even the Apostle Paul would talk about how he said he he wrestled between his spirit and his flesh. He says, the things I don't want to do, I find myself doing. The things I do want to do. I find myself not doing, and it's this constant battle of the flesh and the spirit back and forth. And he would say things like, oh, deliver me. Who will deliver me from the body of this death, Uh, the body being in death? But he says in in Romans chapter 6 that we've died to sin, meaning that when Jesus recreates us through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the regenerating power of the Holy Spirit, he takes a person that was dead in soul, not just in body, because see, there's there's fleshly death and then there's spiritual death. And before Christ, we are dead in both. We walk and we live and we breathe and we do and we think, but spiritually we're dead. Unable, Romans 3 would tell us, uh, to seek after God. Unable to pursue righteousness. And then so when the Holy Spirit of God regenerates us, there's a power that's endued upon us, according to Acts chapter 1, that comes from the Holy Spirit. And that empowers us to do things, to live and to work and to walk in the spirit. And so what we do then, it, by God's decree, our flesh, the sin, no longer, look at the text. He says, uh, it no longer, uh, which, which verse was it in? Uh, verse 6, the body ruled by sin might be rendered powerless, so we no longer uh, be enslaved to sin. I've heard people say, well, I want to do good, but I just can't. It's just not in me. It's not, I'm not wired that way. Um, I hear this a lot of time or see it on, on, you know, social media. People will say, hey, this is just the way I am. And you can like it or you can, you know, leave it, whatever. And uh, you can take it or not take it. And I understand being wired a certain way, but I reject the idea that just because we're wired a certain way doesn't mean that we can reject the way that we're wired. I mean, I am wired as a red-headed hothead with a temper, but that doesn't mean that I am biblically allowed to just lose my temper because that's the way I'm wired. It could even be argued that I can't control it because I am built that way in my DNA, but that's not what this text says. This text says that if, let's put it in context, if losing my temper is sinful and being sinfully angry, then the scriptures say I don't have to be enslaved to that anymore because I'm dead to that. I'm alive in Christ, dead to the sin, and therefore I'm no longer enslaved by that. I guess in short, what I'd like to really hit home today is is really simple, that as believers in Christ, you and I have the ability to live our lives under the umbrella of God's Jesus' imputed righteousness, meaning, meaning his righteousness is laid over us. We can walk in and under that, and we actually can pursue holiness. We actually can pursue righteousness. We don't need to pursue sin so that we can experience grace. It's grace just to be imputed to righteousness in the first place. But this text even says, goes beyond that. It says, you were baptized with him in his death, meaning your flesh is as good as dead. It has no power. Sin has no power. Your body has no power except that which we give it. Now, that's the thing. He allows us to keep and maintain the uh, the, the ability. That's the word I'm looking for. The ability uh, to give ourselves uh, over as tools. Um, where does that say? Um, go to verse 12 in chapter 6. He says, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its desires. Now, it's also very important to note, a lot of people believe that, um, you know, Temptation for sin always comes from the outside. Now, the trap to sin, the temptation to some degree may come out from the outside, but James will tell us that the appeal that the that the temptation has actually comes out of the desires of our own heart. And so, if we want to really battle the sin that's in our flesh, guys, we've got to deal with the the sin that's in our own heart first, because that's what bubbles up and comes out and comes out in sin. We yield to the temptation; it leads to destruction. But this text in in chapter 6 of Romans says, Don't let the sin reign in your mortal body. That's a command. And that means that's something we can obey. That means we don't go where we used to go necessarily. That means we don't do what we used to do necessarily. We don't necessarily hang out with the people we used to hang out. And it's not about shunning them. It's about protecting this weak flesh that I have. It's about not seeing and watching and taking in things into our mind that are not edifying to Christ. It's about all those things because we want to put to death, the Bible says, um, that we want to put to death those things that tempt us out of our own desires to sin and to destruction. He says, so that you obey its desires and says, do not offer any parts of it meaning your body, to sin as weapons for unrighteousness. Do you understand that the enemy is out there and the weapons that he has against us are often weapons that we give him because we've yielded the members of our body uh, to sin and unrighteousness, and then he turns it right against us. So what do we do instead? He says, but as those who are alive from the dead, offer yourselves to God and all the parts of yourselves as weapons for righteousness. For sin will not rule over you because you are not under the law, but under grace. When I get into this text and I see, hey, Derek, how are you? I'm glad you needed, I'm glad this is speaking to you. Thank you for joining us. If we allow it in our flesh, sin can be very powerful. But in Christ, that sin has no power over us. The enemy is a liar. And he wants to tell us and convince us in our minds that he has the power over us, that he can make us do anything he wants to do. And then when we do it, he turns around and blames us for it, makes us feel guilt and shame and condemnation. But the Bible says, don't let the sin reign in your mortal body. In other words, there are things in this flesh, in this world, that appeal to our bodies, they appeal to our our, our fleshly desires, the lust of the flesh, the, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. And out of the desires of our heart, we attain those things sometimes, and it's and it's sin, and it eats us. The Bible's saying here, not just practically, not just cutting off you know things that aren't good for you, but spiritually. We can speak into the spiritual realm and speak. Um, uh, power and authority against the enemy and those sin, the sins that tempt us, the sins that come in, we can mortify. The Bible says the sin in our flesh, meaning we we do spiritual violence almost to the sin that's in our lives because we know it's out to get us. Um, I think the King James uses the word to murder it in our flesh. I mean that's it, it uses that word on purpose to give us the idea of just how serious we need to be about eliminating. Hi, Julie Pree, welcome to the broadcast. Um, we've got to be serious about eliminating the sins that we can, which are, I mean, we can, we can do that, the, the sins that we can not commit. And we do it um, uh, by pursuing God, pursuing Christ. And he says, I like the way he ends it up, where he says, uh, but as those who are alive from the dead, offer yourselves to God. And all the parts of yourselves to God as weapons for righteousness. The Bible says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And there's a spiritual battle going on. So I guess my question to you today is, are you giving yourself over as weapons to unrighteousness and the enemy? Or are you giving yourself over as weapons to God for righteousness? And he says, turn yourself over. I talk about it all the time, and I want to be honest with you, I struggle with this almost daily. It's not just words that I, I say, and then I you can just be like, oh, Matt doesn't struggle with that. Well, that's not true, but open-handedly. We, we, we take everything in an open hand towards God, and we say, everything I have is yours. Everything that is me is yours, my flesh, my spirit, my being my existence, my future, my uh, my desires, my plans, everything. we open-handed. He says, turn yourself over to God. That includes those things that you love. Because here's the thing. We actually love sin in the moment of sin. We love sin. That's not, that's not even true. I won't say that we love sin more than God, but we choose sin over Him. In that moment, some people say it like this. We want what we want now more than what we want most. And that's so true for sin this text is encouraging to me because it reminds me that sin has no power over me except that which i choose to give it which means that through the power of the holy spirit the regenerating power of the holy spirit and his His fulfillment within then we get to by his power to complete the battle sin and it's a daily deal sometimes an hourly deal and we have to work it over and over again because this flesh is flawed. Now, there'll be a day when this flesh, if we're here when Jesus comes back and all of this gets put to rights, there'll be a time when this flesh is no longer sinful. In the resurrection body, there'll be a time when we're not dealing with it as we are now, when sin is put to death for good and forever. I'm actually really, really looking forward to those days. So as you're going through your week this week, and you feel tempted. You feel those desires come up in your flesh. and Or just those things you know are there. They're not even traps anymore. You know they're there. And so far you've not been able to put them down. The Bible re-encour- or encourages you and reminds you that you have been baptized with Christ into his death. Your flesh, your sin has no power over you. except that which you give it. And you don't have to give it any. He says, give yourself to God. Present your members of your body even as weapons of righteousness for God to use in this battle. I'm glad you came with us today. I'm glad you joined us. Don't forget to go download the app, and don't forget to be watching for the Berea Project. Um, We're going to need ambassadors, and we're going to need um, some help with this project. It's a really big, ambitious project that we believe the Lord's brought us into. Um, We would love to partner with, with you that you'll get more information about that in the weeks to come as it comes to fruition but uh, go out go ahead and download the uh, uh, olive tree bible study app and start to get familiar with it you will enjoy it Um, and if you become a partner with us we're going to have some coupon codes available for you to get some uh, percentages off of their uh, products there's bible study materials in their app Um, it's really cool deal i've not used it much up until recently and working on this project so we are excited and uh, about that. So be looking for that to come. I'm glad you could be with us. You guys be praying for the underground church, um, for the, the people in Afghanistan, the refugees, as they come over here to start new lives, some of them, and some of them left in that horrible situation. And all the many that are sick out here, tell you what, let's just close in prayer. And uh, today, as we close out the broadcast, <clears throat> Father, we love you. We thank you for all that you do. Father, we thank you for your love and your mercy. There are many sick among us today. Father, as we, even on this electronic format, join together in prayer and agreement, we ask that you would heal. We ask that your healing hand would touch, particularly thinking of Jay today, Father. And I just pray that you would would raise him back up to his former self. Father, I pray you'd be with his dear wife, Lord, as she's in these uh, difficult times. Father, I pray you pray for all of us in this country that are facing this thing right now, that, that this pandemic that's come on us, people are, are sick and dying and hurting. Um, But, Father, you tell us that you are close to the brokenhearted and you come near us, Father. And So we just ask you to do that. We ask you for healing and we ask you for strength, Father, because sometimes um, the death door does come and it does close. And uh, we pray for strength in that to walk through and not be afraid. Father, you have not given us a spirit of fear but of love and of a sound mind. And, Father, we pray that we would not feel fearful in this time. We pray for the underground church that are being persecuted daily, Father, across the globe We pray for uh, these refugees, Father, coming out of Afghanistan, and for our soldiers, Father, that are in harm's way, and the families of those who have been killed already. Father, we love you, and we praise you, and we just thank you. We pray that you would bless the Berea Project that's coming up, that we could put these Bible study resources and this training in the hands of pastors exponentially, Father, um, in Mexico and even in the United States and other places as well. Help us, Father, bless this effort, bless this project that you've called us to. Father, we pray you be honored and glorified in all we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks today for joining us uh, on the Crucible's Fire Friday Live podcast. Podcast is not a word. Um, On the podcast. And we uh, are glad you're here. And we are thankful for you as we help you learn, teach, repeat. We'll see you guys later. Talk to you next time.